You're listening to another episode of Are We Free Yet? Hosted by me, Dorian, and my wife, Tina. We're two black women who've up and decided that we have one life to live, and we're going to live the shit out of that motherfucker. We invite you to come along as we figure it out, and perhaps you can learn from our mistakes. Or more likely, be inspired to live the shit out of your life too. Hi everybody, this is Dorian and my wife Tina. Say hello Tina. Hey. We are going to share with you guys a little bit about what we are doing in 2020. So a little bit about me. Um, I am 35 and Tina? Oh, you said a little bit about me so I thought you were going to tell more than just your age. That's a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 42. Dorian. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we are two black women. We've been together for about seven years. And by be together, we are married. But we've only been married for three years. Out of the seven, right? Yeah. And I guess what has really sparked um, where we are now uh, we have to go back three years. The really brief overview. Uh, Tina, why don't you tell them what happened in 2017? Sure. 2017, we were just trucking along, living our lives. Paycheck to paycheck. Paycheck to paycheck. Both of us working full time. We I, hated it. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> I had a full time job in the fitness industry in uh, corporate management roles making really decent money and I was working in culinary I'd gone to culinary school and I was working at the same place Tina was working as far as the company uh, but I was working in the cafe and I didn't love it but it was something that I'd gotten training for so For me, that meant I need to try my best to make it work in this industry. And for me, I had been in the fitness industry for, at that time, maybe 12 years, and I loved it. I loved it until I didn't. And basically, I came to a point where I realized that my career um, and my positions with that company in those specific uh, places in that in those roles were just no longer serving me, no longer bringing me joy. And I remember back when I got into fitness, where I was just teaching classes as a group fitness instructor, telling myself that as soon as I stopped loving it, I would stop doing it. And that led me to, in 2016, having a an aha moment and realizing that I no longer wanted to be a part of the corporate environment. I don't want to participate in that system. And I just wanted to do what I love, which is teach. So that led me to decide that I wanted to quit my job. And so that's what I did. And But not only did I quit my job, and at the time I was making two-thirds of our income. It was probably you know, a little more than that, actually. I uh, quit my job and we didn't have a plan. We just knew that we had to jump and trust the universe and follow our hearts. 
and that we would figure it out. But we just didn't want to continue to live a life where we were getting up every day, doing the same thing, and it wasn't fulfilling, and we didn't feel like we were um, doing what we were created to do. Which kind of sounds crazy, but we kind of grew to that point. Like there were a lot of things that happened happened leading up to that uh, that kind of ch- changed the way um, we thought about things. That started to change the way we saw. Uh, that we were living our lives so yeah so that's what happened we started 2017 with me quitting my job without a plan i then just dedicated myself to teaching classes full-time so we're talking yoga cycle kickboxing and and the like and during that year um, actually a few months later dorian would then quit her job and so we spent that the rest of that year basically uh, living by faith, um, living just realizing and learning that we could have whatever we wanted and we could really just create. And we wanted to work on creating the life that we wanted instead of just living the way that we had to or had always previously lived. So that year changed everything for us. It really just showed us what was possible and what we learned is that what is possible is what we have always was have been told is impossible um but we learned we get to make our own rules and so all of that to say we did eventually uh go back to doing a couple of different jobs i went back into fitness for a little bit i was the general manager of a gym uh, a privately owned franchise and dorian went to software technology school Yep. I um, (laughs) went to school for software development. Uh, I went to a boot camp at the end of 2018 in November. Uh, That's another story for another day, but um, I went for it. Uh, Up until that point in my life, it's not a job or industry I would have considered for myself. Um, There are a lot of reasons behind that, uh, but I think the primary reason being that you know, I hadn't really met anyone that looked like me that was in this industry. So like I said before, um, I'm a black woman and I am 35 now. So at the time where this all, you know, came into my, all of, well, this option came into my life, I was 34. So I also felt like, you know, I don't know anything about, you know, software development. I, I knew very little uh, I had been doing some things uh, as far as building websites on um, like Wix and Squarespace. Um, and that kind of let me know, you know, I do enjoy this. I enjoy it a lot. Uh, but like I said, I didn't consider it as a an industry, something that I could get paid to do. So uh, once that option became available... I started looking into it and I got more and more excited because I realized I I think I can do this. I think I can make a career of this. And these boot camps, they give you the opportunity to do that. Whereas in before, uh, it seemed like the only option to get into computer science um, uh, industry like I am now will require a computer science degree. So, you know, it was just the timing. And I went to school, you know, I worked my butt off. I loved every single moment of it. 
And before graduating that uh, four and a half month program, uh, I had a job offer. Mm. And hallelujah, hallelujah because <laughs> um, uh, oh yeah, I got to back go back a little bit before I met Tina, so seven years ago. I was contracting overseas. So I gotten out of the military and I've been contracting off and on overseas in Afghanistan, Iraq, and Kuwait for about eight years off and on. So I was making really good money over there when I met Tina. And then when I came back home and got into culinary, um, the amount of money I made dropped significantly. Uh, so Tina supported me while I, you know, went off and tried to figure out what I wanted to do here stateside was so awesome um, because, you know, I wasn't always bringing in a ton of money, but getting this job, you know, um, has allowed us to kind of, you know, bring more money into the household, a significant amount. It's the most money I've made since I've known Tina, aside from when she met me and I was contracting. So it's been awesome. Yeah. And when you were going through culinary school, we we left out the fact that I have three kids, so. Oh yeah, <laughs> they were teenagers um, when we met, and then when twelve, Dor- fourteen, sixteen. Yeah, that's how old they were when when Dorian came into our lives. So you know, you helped me raise my kids, and and you know that that was, you know, a very big part of what allowed me to be able to immerse myself in my fitness career uh, was because you were holding down the home front in so many ways um, when I when I wasn't so it definitely uh, has now it, you know now it, it definitely feels that we are able to create a whole new way of living because the kids are grown and out of the house now and it's just us and I remember that when we met and I already know what you're going to say. I know you do. When we met, I I knew that you wanted to travel and that traveling was important to you. Um, and I just remember asking you to wait until the kids were out of the house. And then I would go with you anywhere. And uh, that's where we are now. The kids are gone and I'll go with you anywhere. Right. So I'll back up here. Right before I met Tina, I was overseas I was on a Ford operating base in Afghanistan. And I remember telling Tina how slowly time went by over there. Um, Because you eat three times a day, you go to the gym, and that's really your only extracurricular activity aside from watching TV shows and movies. Um, And and you work, you know, but it's really laid back. And when I met Tina... Tina was a a single mother of three teenagers Mm. and she was, you know, taking them to school and picking them up, taking them to, uh, things outside of school, jobs, sports, games, activities, practices, all manner. And she was working crazy hours in my opinion as well. And so it just seemed like from where I was, her life was so chaotic. Now, this is coming from someone who is living in a war zone. Continue. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, <laughs> I am always quick to say that while I was living in a war zone, you know, there's a lot of different perspectives, I guess. But for me, and like I said, I, I was over there off and on eight years, uh, not even, yeah, yeah, including my deployment when I was in the army. But, you know, it felt, and this is going to sound crazy, but 
it felt relatively safe. Like I felt like, yeah, I could come home and things would be uh, more dangerous for me here than they were. Because you're black. <laughs> overseas. And yeah, being black I'm defi- definitely has something to do with it, you know, for sure. Uh, but for the most part, my days over there, my weeks, my months, they sailed by quietly. So, well, I feel like this is a crash course about us, which is good for people to kind of get to know a little bit about us. But yeah, that's very good because I think you're going to need a little bit of a backstory before we launch into what we have coming up in 2020. And we can save the majority of that for another conversation, but I think we should give them a little taste, Tina. Don't you think of what we're about to do? Yeah, definitely. So here's where we are. Dorian graduated from her uh, intensive boot camp program in April. We moved from where we were living in the Atlanta in Alpharetta to back to Texas, which is home for both of us in June. And so here we are in January of 2020. And Dorian has a very well-paying position with a local software technology company. And I don't mind putting it out there because it's pretty extreme. I went from making $11 an hour as a um, manager at a small vegan cafe in Alpharetta to making almost six figures. Yeah, that's important because that allowed us to make the decision that when we moved back to Texas in June for her job, we made the decision for me to not go back into my fitness career and not go back in the fitness industry. So, and also, and also to focus on what you want to do. Exactly. And so now what I do is I am an anti-racism educator and facilitator and coach and consultant. I have a podcast, uh, another one. Speaking of racism. Speaking of racism. I lead, I'm the founder and the um, owner of Legacy Trips, which are three-day anti-racism and yoga trips where we visit the National Memorial for Peace and Justice, which is also known as the Lynching Memorial. And we visit the Legacy Museum from enslavement to mass incarceration. Both of those are projects of the Equal Justice Initiative, and they are in Montgomery, Alabama. And so on my three-day weekend trips that I host and lead, we go there to use the practice and philosophy of yoga as tools to dismantle racism. So I I get to do what I'm passionate about uh, as a social justice and racial justice advocate and activist and um, as a as a public speaker. So I get to focus on that and Dorian brings home the money to take care of us. I bring home the vegan bacon. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so we arrived at a point and I think maybe we end on this for this episode. We arrived at a crossroads, which I think we were always meant to get here, where we had a decision to make that if we wanted our lives to look different and feel different and be different, we would have to show up differently in our lives. We would have to do something different and not just different, but drastic. Mm -hmm. And so that is what we have decided to do. We have sold 
all of our belongings, uh, get, gotten rid of, given away, most of everything. We have a couple of things left, our dog included. We have to find a new home for Jackson. We're hoping that tomorrow um, he'll meet his new forever home, his new forever parent. And the reason that we are doing that is because we are going to travel full time. We're going to be mobile for full time. We're going to become nomads. And that involves um, Dorian at some point getting a job where she can work remotely. And we will travel really from city to city based on my speaking engagements that I have and my events that I'm doing all around the country over the next uh, nine months or so. Then in September, we have a trip planned to Africa, which will be part a Habitat for Humanity build in Durban and part an anti-racism journey um, where we will do a uh, equity and oppression comparison between the United States and apartheid post uh, or South Africa post apartheid. Um, and at, the, at some point we plan to become expats. And this is all about us wanting to create and discover and redefine what freedom means for for us and what freedom looks like for us. I'm finally gonna get the travel, y'all. Yeah, so we're about to pack our bags, like literally, that's all we're packing, because there's nothing else. Get on the road, get in our little Camry, and break our lease, uh, voluntarily surrender one of our two vehicles, (laughs) and just go. And that's it for now. Yeah, so we'll talk more about all of the reasons why, because there's a lot. It's complicated, y'all. <laughs> uh, we have a lot to share with uh, why we've decided to do this. We've had a lot of conversations, um, and we're very excited about it. But there's, of course, some uh, worry, doubt, fear. I think that's normal with anything, especially something as big as this. This is a tremendous uh, shift for us, and it's a big adventure. So we're looking forward to it, but we thought that we would uh, document this and chronicle it and podcast about it because we figure that uh, we we have a story to tell. And even for people, whether you are thinking about one day traveling the world also, or whether you want to at some point, uh, you know, also sell all of your belongings and just, you know, fly with the wind, or whether you just want to hear about some creative ways that two queer black women have found and defined what liberation means for us. We, we would love to share that and uh, bring people along for, for the ride and the journey. Yeah, it should be fun. It should be interesting because like we've said, we don't really have a plan, but that's kind of, kind of our thing, right, Tina? Point. Yeah. We're going to make it up as we go. Yeah. We can wait to travel. That's what a lot of people do. And a lot of people we've talked to, when we tell them what we're doing, they're so happy for us mm-hmm. because, uh, one of the, um, uh, most frequent responses we get is good. Do it while you're young. Um, that's so inspiring. And so hopefully we inspire other people out there, uh, that you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait and plan to travel when you're retired, um, or when you have a, the financial means to do so, you know, you can make it happen. So that's it for now. We, uh, we'll leave 
you all with that and look forward to talking with you more on the next episode. Oh yeah, I did. It's still recording. Okay.